The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Amen. Have you ever had have you ever had a blow up with a close friend, a loved one, somebody who's near to you? Have you ever just kind of lost it a little bit? No, no, no. You don't need a point. No, there's no need to point fingers. Okay. Uh, you know, we all have, right? Like you lose it, you lose your cool a little bit, you get frustrated. And those those can be rough, those can be messy. I understand that. But you know what can be almost as as, as dangerous? Maybe not even almost, maybe sometimes even more dangerous is not necessarily the blow-ups, but the lingering irritation. You ever had a relationship with somebody? Maybe it's a really close friend. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a loved one in some capacity where there was just like this lingering frustration and irritation. That, and maybe this is even more common than the, than the, the blow-ups. But you, but you know what I'm talking about? That, that lingering irritation. Maybe, and sometimes it's just a general, like just the thought of being with that person right now is just like, oh, I'm not the only one who's been there, right? Right? We, we know what I'm talking about. Or maybe it's not always, but like, hey, we're good. But then we're good. Just don't bring up this one thing. <laughs> if you bring up this one topic, then we're like, ah, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about. So you got these relationships. You love one another. You're all good. And then, but there's, there's like, there's this, there's this, there's this roadblock. You know what I'm talking about. There's this roadblock in the relationship. And, and sometimes, sometimes we even face roadblocks that you, you don't even know why it's there or where it's from. Like you're in your relationship and all of a sudden something happens and you're like, whoa, I can, f- I can feel this robot. I don't know what it is. And, and it, it's preventing your relationship to go a little bit further. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I would argue, I would argue that most of the time that roadblock is not actually what you think the roadblock is. Usually it's like, they're being dumb. That's the roadblock. no. <laughs> Oftentimes, you know what that roadblock, that relational roadblock is? It's an unmet, it's caused by an unmet expectation. And it's not the unmet expectation, that's a normal part of life. That, that's not actually the roadblock. The roadblock actually comes is when I pick up an offense at that unmet expectation. Right? And sometimes the unmet expectation is your fault. Sometimes the unmet expectation is my fault. Sometimes the unmet expectation is nobody's fault. But it's there, and the, the roadblock begins to show up when, when I begin to take offense at the unmet expectation, okay? Now, this right here is a fantastic topic for a sermon, but I'm actually going to go a slightly different direction. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I want to talk about how these things happen in our relationship with God, right? Let's be honest. Sometimes we have those blow-up moments with God, Right? I know we're in church and we're supposed to act like everything's perfect, but you've had those moments where you're just like, God, why? And you give God a piece of your mind. Really going to give him one. And, and that happens sometimes. Okay, listen, we're, we're, not, we're not perfect. David had those things too. And, but I think even more common and even less addressed is this, this thing that happens because let's, right, right we, we preach all the time, we talk all the time that, that this whole God thing is not about adhering to a list of rules and religion, and it's not about the spiritual to-dos, it's really about what? It's a relationship. And if I have a relationship with God, 
there are parallels everywhere in our earthly relationship to our relationship with God. And I think this is one of them. You know, I believe there are, there are times in our life, and sometimes, some of you may be there right now, but there are times in our life where we come to these point where we, we feel these roadblocks in our relationship with God. And maybe like, like our, our earthly relationships, maybe it's this general roadblock, like just the whole concept of God causes me to just like shrink back a little bit. It causes me to, to, to come to a kind of a, a stalemate and I don't move anywhere. And it's not that I'm like throwing in the towel on God. It's not that I'm quitting altogether. It's just this general uneasy feeling, this general frustration or, or, or irritation. And you just kind of don't move forward. And sometimes it's in different areas. You're like, hey, me and God are good. Me and God are good. Hey, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. And then some preacher talks about God as our father. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't, I'm, I can't. I can't go there. Or somebody talks about, about, um, about God's appointed authorities in our life. Like, we're not going to. Right? You get to the, there's these certain things. Maybe it's a certain doctrine that you love when somebody else talks about it or has another opinion. You just, you bristle. There's, there's something. And, and maybe you don't even know exactly what it is, but you can feel, you can feel roadblocks even sometimes before you can see them. You know what I'm saying? Even in relationships, like human relationships, that's the same way. You're like, I feel tension. I'm not really sure what that is yet. Friends, I believe there are, there are times in our relationship with God, in our walk with God, in our, in our journey with Christ, that there are these roadblocks that are in our journey, they're in our path, that are in their way, and they're not causing us to throw in the towel, but they're just causing us to not move forward. And I would argue that most of the time, many of the times, the cause was the same way that our, our, our human earthly um, roadblocks are caused. When there's an unmet expectation with God, and I take up offense by it. Now, here's the, here's the tricky thing. Here's the hard thing is that this sometimes happens without our knowledge. We don't we don't acknowledge out loud this unmet expectation and then verbally express it to God. God, I am, I'm offended at you not doing it. But it, it happens like this. You look at your life and maybe go, I've been faithful to God. God, I've, I've done what you've asked me to do, but why am I not where I expected to be? God, I expected to be here and I did everything that I knew to do, but I'm not where I expected to be fence rise up and I find this roadblock. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, God, your word says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That's a lie because look, my kids are messed up. And I did everything I know how to do. My fence rises and there's this roadblock and I don't move forward. God, I, 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 it was supposed to be like this, but this is what happened. An offense rises up. There's sometimes when we don't even, we, we, we're not even aware of it, but we feel that offense. Like there's something not right. Something I expected didn't happen. Spiritual leadership in my life is supposed to look out for my best interest, but, but somewhere along the line, they turned their back on me. That's not supposed to be, and I can't trust anymore. Roadblock gets placed because offense because I take hold of offense. You guys tracking with me? 
Yeah. When we come to our, our text today, we come to a, a spot where Peter and John have the opportunity. They, they certainly face unmet expectation. And they have an opportunity to take up an offense, but they choose a different route. What I want to talk about today is, is praying through the roadblock. Now, honestly, even maybe the, the, the pre-point <laughs> is that when we begin to sense, even, even if we can't put it into words, even if we can't co consciously figure it out, when you begin to sense that uneasiness, whether it's with God in general or with a certain aspect of my spiritual life, when you begin to sense that uneasiness, that's usually a sign that you should probably lean into that and start asking questions. But how, do you, how many of us know that when you have a roadblock in a relationship with a friend or a loved one, you know, you know, we know what we're supposed to do. We should in that moment do what? You should have a heart to heart right? You should have a conversation because I don't know how many, I, 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 I would, I'll say it again and again, the large majority of the conflicts that we have with people are a misunderstanding or uh, assuming wrong motives of somebody. And when you can see them in their face, not texting them, when you see them in their face and you can say, hey, I'm sorry that I offended, I'm sorry about this. And you begin to listen to one another. You have a heart to heart. You have this conversation. What is this you end up going, hey, oh, man, it feels so good to talk about it. I love you, man. I love you. I give him a big hug and we're moving on, right? Sometimes, sometimes there's issues that are bigger than that. And it requires multiple sit-downs. It requires maybe some help of others, right? But what's, when you're feeling that tension, what's the last thing you want to do? Talk to him. Even more so, have an actual heart-to-heart, <laughs> Be vulnerable. I don't want to be vulnerable with you. I'm ticked off at you. I'm irritated with you. You, -da 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 -da, fill in the blank. And so this is what happens. We, we have the same exact thing happening in our spiritual lives, I believe. Is that there's, there's times where we feel that tension with God in some way in our spiritual walk and everything in us wants to just be like, shut it down. <laughs> but what do we know we need to do? We need to go to God in prayer. And that's exactly what Peter and John do in our story today. So we're going to look, we're going to look at six steps. Okay, these are not alliterated. You're not going to remember them easily. So I suggest taking notes. <laughs> all right, take notes, especially if, if you can identify with this in any capacity at all, find something to write it down with. We're going to talk about six steps to praying through the roadblock. It's the last thing you want to do when there's tension, when, when, when you're feeling that, that angst, that unsettledness in your relationship with God in some capacity, but we got to go to God in prayer. So before we get to the text, let me just recap this real quick. If you've been with us, you know where we're at, you know where we're going, but, but let me just recap so we're all on the same page. Peter and John, they're on the way to the temple. They see a lame man there. They say, they both filled with the Holy Spirit and just prompted by the Holy Spirit. They look at him, it's like, hey man, get on up. He's been lame for, for hasn't walked for 40 years. He gets up, he begins to dance and shout and praise God. They're right there by the temple. They go in the temple. Everybody starts like seeing this lame man they've seen their whole lives. Now everybody's praising God. Then Peter and John, just for the next several hours, begin to explain that it, that it was Jesus who made this man 
well that Jesus is the fulfillment of their Old Testament prophecies. And all of a sudden everybody starts getting saved. And now like people are turning to Jesus like crazy. The religious people are like, I'm not sure what to do. The, the, day, the end of the day comes and they're like, I don't know what to do. We'll just throw them in jail. Their legal system was a little different than it is today. All right. We don't know what to do, just throw them in jail. All right, so they threw them in jail. And, and, and I want you to put yourself in, in Peter and John's shoes. Imagine the emotional roller coaster of this like 24 hours. Could you imagine feeling prompted by the Holy Spirit, speaking what's on your heart to a man who is lame? He gets up and walks. What is happening inside of you right now, right? Like you just spoke to a lame man and he's walking and dancing. Woohoo, right? Like we're excited. And then they go in and they start talking about Jesus. And rather than pushing back, like the crowds begin to choose to follow Jesus. And you're like, yeah, this thing is awesome. I mean, could you imagine that? Think about it. All these people are giving their lives to Jesus. Boom. Then they're thrown in jail. What? Like a man was healed? What? What? So they spend their night in jail. And guys, this is not, this is not like the county jail like we have in town, right? Like this is, this is rough. Well, the next morning they get up and they're, they're brought before like the leading religious and, 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 uh, and, and political leaders of the nation. They're brought before them because they heard that something's going on. And then guess what? They're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're like, hey, what happened? And like courage just like boom, fills up within them. The Holy Spirit just comes over them and they begin to just like preach boldly. They're like, I'm sure the expectation is, man, when I preached out there, people got saved. I'm gonna do it in here. The whole nation's gonna be changed. All these leaders are gonna be like, yeah, Jesus. And they're all, what? They're like, nah, that didn't happen. You know what happened? The most powerful people in their lives, in the, in the nation, threatened them. And they weren't empty threats, they just spent the night in jail. And we don't know what the threats were. Imprisonment, beatings would have gone together. Quite possibly death, sabotaging their business, I don't know. And listen, they're, 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 they didn't have, these are just middle-class guys, they didn't have giant savings accounts. The man was the breadwinner. The woman took care of the home. You do something to Peter, he had, he had, he had a wife, most likely kids. I mean, I'll stand up for Jesus. I'll put my life on the line. He was putting his family's life on the line. If he goes to jail forever, what's his wife and kids going to do? Like it was all out there. They're being threatened. They went from like singing and dancing in the streets because Jesus used them or the Holy Spirit used them to, to heal somebody. People are getting saved like crazy. Now they go to jail. Then, the, then all of a sudden they swell up with, with courage and, 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 and faith and they preach the gospel. Then now they're, now they're threatened and kicked out of the place. The only reason they're not in jail in that moment right now is because politically the leaders were afraid of the, the influence of the people they wanted to stay in good standing with people. As soon as the people changed their opinion, they knew they'd be in jail. So now, this is where Acts chapter four, verse 23 picks up. And what we're gonna find in this moment is there's, what do Peter and John do with their unmet expectation? The healed a lame man demonstrated the power of God publicly They've clearly described Jesus. People are getting saved, yes, but now this is not what they bargained for. Like how in the world are they opposing? Like what? 
I just, geez, I just did what you wanted me to do. And now they're threatening me and my family. That's not how this is supposed to work. So what do we do? Six steps of praying through the roadblock. Let's start in verse 23. Acts 4.23. It says, on their release, so just getting out of jail, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. I'm sure the reports had already gone out about the lame man walking and all that kind of stuff. It says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And we're going to talk about six steps to praying through the roadblock. Steps two through five are all about the prayer itself. How do we pray this? But step one is kind of preparing for it. And that's this. One, we have got to invite others into the process. We live in a very individualistic society that Jesus died for me, for God so loved me that he gave his one only son. And that is so true. If you were the only one that needed forgiveness of sins, I believe God would have died for you. Thing is, he didn't. He died for all of us. And he invited us into a family. And we, we have this tendency to be like this Lone Ranger Christians, right? We all like to say that we need each other. But, oh, I don't want to inconvenience. I don't want to put that on somebody else. Think about it. Peter and John could have come back into the church and just been like, you know what? This is not their weight to carry. This is, I don't want to put this on them. There's no reason that they need to carry the weightiness of these threats. No, no, no. We can just keep this amongst ourselves. We'll pray. We'll be prayer partners. No, they came into the church and said, guys, here's what we're facing. Let's pray. I think there's sometimes in, in, in our community, within the church, just in general, like, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to inconvenience you. And we do this in practical ways. I'm not going to invite anybody to help me move. That's my own stuff. Come on, man. If you knew somebody else was moving, wouldn't you like, not, not that you'd want to, but wouldn't you be willing to go serve where there's a need? Of course. So why would you deprive me of the opportunity to serve you? right? And we do this all the time. Like, I don't want to inconvenience you. I would serve you in a second. And, and it's just, an, somebody's got to start by saying, somebody's got to make the first move. And, and not just in this helping people move thing, but in sharing our burdens with one another. Like, when was the last time you're like, hey, friend, I got to pray through this thing. I'm kind of afraid. I'm kind of concerned about some things in my life. There's, there's, there's this thing that I'm praying through that if there's something that I don't understand, like I need, I, I don't expect you to fix me, but can you pray with me? So that's what they did. They, they, they brought their unmet expectations to the church. You're like, guys, I thought Jesus was gonna blow up here and things have been going well, but now all of a sudden we're going to jail. You see, things had been going really well since the day of Pentecost. All these people got saved and the word is spreading and, and the movement is growing. And this is the first time we've seen opposition, direct opposition from the leaders since, since Jesus ascended into heaven. And now they're like, whoa, 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 wait. First thing they did, they invited others into the process. Who's going to make the first move? Like, I don't really have friends like that. Well, it's because you haven't been a friend like that. Start by inviting others into your process. Don't wait for somebody else to be vulnerable. You take the lead. 
So here's, here's what I think is significant about this. They, they sensed this place where there were some unmet expectations. And before the offense had a chance to set in, they went to their friends and they went to God in prayer. This is significant. So step one is all about getting ready. Now the next five steps, we're going to move through these kind of quickly. The next ones are all about how do we pray through, how, how do we see this breakthrough in these roadblocks in our lives? And I'm going to say this, I don't want to oversimplify things. Just like in a human relationship, there's sometimes, there's, there's, there's these roadblocks in our spiritual lives, kind of like in our relational lives, where like you just, you go to the Lord and like it just lifts, right? Because it was a small thing, but you've bottled it up. So it's become, but you know what? You just need to bring it before God and like he just gives you freedom in that area. He just brings a lightness and a, and, a, and a hope in that area. There's other things. Sometimes the roadblocks are a little bigger and a little heavier. You, you for sure got to bring them before the other people in your life, and you might have to come back to them a few times. That doesn't mean God's not working, but it does mean we got to continue to be, be faithful to this process. So here we go. He said, we gotta, here's number two. After we've invited other people into the process, number two, we got to acknowledge the greatness of God. Look how they start their prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Isn't that an interesting way to start a prayer? Does God not know that? Right? Think about it. Like, why would you start your prayer that way? Doesn't God know that he made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them? Of course he does. But you know what we find in scripture? You know what we find in scripture? We find that God is absolutely delighted in our praise. God loves it when we come to him and just praise him and acknowledge his greatness and acknowledge his goodness. Is it because he's egotistical? Is it because he's insecurity and needs us to puff him up? No, not at all. I believe it's this, especially when we walk through seasons of unmet expectation, when we walk through seasons where we're tempted to take up an offense with God, when we're hurt and we're, we're, we're confused. I think the reason that he loves it so much is because it shows that we're able to see through our circumstances to see who he really is. And he delights in that. But here's the other thing that it does is it forces us, it forces us to remember who God is. Have you ever, have you ever come to a situation where you're just not feeling like praying, but you've just disciplined yourself to, to declare the goodness of God and something stirs inside of you? If you haven't, you should try it. Like there's sometimes I'm not in the mood to pray. So I put worship music on that helps me sometimes as I just begin to sing the words and I'm just reminded of who God is. Sometimes I don't even want to pray. Sometimes I don't, especially if I'm, I'm feeling any kind of tension between me and God. I'm like, I just, I just, I, worship music helps for me. I don't know what it is for you, but I just begin to declare God's greatness and declare God's praise. And remember that he made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. He is sovereign. He is all in all powerful. He has all control. And so I just need to get over myself for a minute. The first step we got to do in prayer, right? We invite others into it. And number two, we acknowledge the greatness of God. Here's number three. They acknowledge the severity of the situation. I think this is pretty important. Look what he says next. Verse 25. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. So they're quoting Psalm 2 here. Or Psalm, yeah, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage again and the rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band against the Lord and against his anointed one. See, David wrote this when, when he was under attack. And yet the Holy Spirit led him to speak this prophetically, especially when he uses that word anointed one. That's, that's a reference 
to the coming Messiah. In other words, Jesus. So what's happening in this text and what is brought to mind by Peter and John is they remember David when he was under duress, when when, when his enemies, when the nations were coming against him and he cries out, why God? But they remember he speaks of the Holy One, the Anointed One. And then they begin to make this connection. Verse 27, indeed, this is like exactly what is happening. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. This is interesting to me, right? So they acknowledge that 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 was a prophetic verse of scripture that David wrote speaking of not just in general, but speaking of exactly what was happening in their situation. They were coming against Jesus. What's interesting is they acknowledged the situation. Listen, they acknowledged the severity of the situation. I think, I think sometimes, not think, I know. Sometimes I, I think we think as Christians, we have to pretend that everything is okay. Like, because God is good, I got to pretend that life never hurts. I have to pretend that I'm never afraid. Like, if I'm going to be a good Christian, I got to put my good Christian face on and pretend that I never face any kind of opposition whatsoever. Because what would people think, or what would my testimony be if I actually acknowledged that I'm human? And we try to pretend. Listen, if you want to see breakthrough in the roadblocks of your life, you can't pretend that they're not there. And, and, and here, Peter and John, they come to their friends and they're like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's not as bad as it sounds. And actually, you know, praise God, we're doing just fine. No, they just got their lives and livelihoods threatened. And they came back and said, guys, this is real. Like they They're not messing around. They threw us in jail and then they threatened to do much worse. Guys, this is a little bit scary. This is a little bit concerning to me. And so somewhere along the lines though, we've got this idea that if, if, if we're to be good Christians, then we need to be perfect all the time, that we can't, we can't face any setbacks and, 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 and we, we can't be frazzled in the least bit. Listen, God would rather you come to him unholy and honest than holy and fake, right? And so here in the middle of this prayer, this praying through this, these roadblocks in, in, in that they're facing that are very real, they don't say, in the name of Jesus, there's nothing against me. They said, in the name of Jesus, they're coming hard. But here's, here's, where, here's, where we gotta, here's where we gotta lean in. Step two, we, we gotta acknowledge the greatness of God, okay? And then we acknowledge the severity of our situation. Listen, doing one or the other does not gate each other, negate each other, Right? When I say, God, you're good, God, you're great, you are the maker of the heavens of the earth, and then you say, God, they're coming at me and I'm a little bit afraid. God, I don't understand what's going on. God, there's these wounds in my past that are not yet healed and I don't know what to do with them. God, there's, the, there's this tension here and I don't know how to handle, to be able to say, come back and say, God, you're great, doesn't negate one or the other. Does that make sense? 
Both can be true at the same time. So here's what we got to do. We got to go to start with acknowledging the greatness of God. And then we go and acknowledge the severity of our situation. But then sometimes, then we got we to gotta double back. Because now we've got to learn how to filter, how to filter the severity of our situation through the greatness of God. Can I see the severity of my situation through the lens of God's greatness? And sometimes we just, boom, okay, God, I, I, you know what? I see you. <clears throat> I see you. And I can just trust Jesus right away. But sometimes we got to circle back and forth, <laughs> right? God, you're great. Oh, my goodness. But, but this is so real. Whew. But God, your greatness. Oh, but this is still real. But God, your greatness. And sometimes we find ourselves like just, you ever find yourself in that, in that loop? Just like spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. You've been there? I, there then we got to take a step. Now we got to take a leap. Now we got we to gotta step, take the next step. And I, that's step four. We got to take that next step to put your trust in God. You see, if the goal is to see my situation through the lens of God's greatness, sometimes I struggle to do that. And that's when I just got to, I just got to trust. Right? I think it's interesting. Like, so they, they talk to, they, they, they quote a verse in their prayer, Psalms 2, verses 1 and 2. And David's saying, why God? And then, and then they're like, hey, this is what's happening now. But listen, they have a different perspective. They didn't say why God. They read this and they saw something totally different. They had a completely different attitude. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 28. Right? Well, let me back up. 27. 27 says, indeed Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. I think, I believe this is the most powerful verse in this text and the hardest one to wrestle with. They looked at this and they're like, well, I guess if David said it was going to happen, and I believe, God, that you're sovereign and in control, I, I guess that I should expect, God, that what you said was going to happen is going to happen. And that in somehow, in some way, you have a plan for it. Guys, listen, listen. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They just threw us in jail and threatened our lives. Apparently, God, that's within your will. That challenges some of our theology, doesn't it? But before we start going down that too far, let me, let me remind you of what Peter later said. Sometime after this story, Peter is writing a message He's writing a letter to the believers around the known world at the time, and he writes this. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. How could he say that? And he wasn't downplaying it. <laughs> he called it like it is, this fiery ordeal. It's bad. It's really bad. But it's not strange. 
How could he say that? It's because he sat with Jesus right before Jesus was executed. He sat in a room with Jesus and Jesus said these words, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, in this world, I'm going to give you a cushy, smooth ride. He said, in this world, you're going to hurt. You're going to suffer. It's going to be hard. But I've overcome the world. And so then Peter then writes to the rest of the church, says, hey, don't be surprised when what Jesus said is going to happen actually happens. And that's where, that's where Peter and John and, the, and the, that's the church went with this prayer. They're like, well, God, you said this was going to happen. So... Whew, this thing is hard, but I'm going to trust you. Sometimes it just comes down. Sometimes it just comes down to do you trust him? Can you trust him? Well, here's the problem. No, no, no. There's a lot of problems. <laughs> here's, here's where it gets real tricky, right? Is we have this thing where we really, really, really want to be in control. And we really want to know why. Do we not? Right? It's okay. It's okay. It, you don't feel guilty about that. I do too. Like, I, I want to be in control of the situation. I want to be able to, to, to find the reason why things are happening. And, and here's how it tends to play out. And, and especially for those of us in the U.S., we live in a land of opportunity. We live in relative comfort. And relative is just a way to soften that. But we live in a lot of comfort, actually. And we, we, we live in this world where we can have what we want when we want it. And we get very, very conditioned to that. And so we're not, we don't have a lot of practice. We just got to understand. It's not like, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a product of my culture as well, right? Like I don't have a lot of practice in being in situations where I actually have zero control and influence and have no idea why what is happening is happening. I just don't have a lot of experience in that. I usually can have some kind of opportunity, some kind of influence. I can, I can leverage something. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can, I can work really hard. I can control a situation. And so what tends to happen in our spiritual lives, the, these, these values get brought into there and you're like, I don't have to have full control. I know God's in full control, but as long as I can have some input, as long as I can pray for wisdom to make the right decisions in this situation, that what that really tells me is I have a little bit of control in this. As long as I can pray that, that, that I can navigate this well, God, give me insight and instruct God. God, I want to be able to, to, to leverage what this opportunity well. I got to be able right? And we, we pray for these types of things because, because we realize I have a little bit of control. And as long as I have a little bit of control and have a little bit of why, it doesn't even have to be a good why. It doesn't even be a lot of why. It just has to be sometimes like, man, this hard thing is happening. But you know what? Because I'm really spiritual and I'm super close to Jesus. Like I can see that even though this hard thing is hard, I can see it's working out for, for, for my own benefit. I see that God is strengthening me in that. But friends, there are sometimes we walk through things that we can't see the answer why. There are times that we will go through things where you are 100% helpless to change a matter. Your fate and the outcome of the scenario has nothing to do with you and you have no control and you have no influence and there's no justifiable reason why the hurt has taken place. There's no reason, no good 
reason that I can, there's no, all things work to good is the farthest thing from my mind right now because all it is is pain and hurt and there's no way God could ever possibly use this. I can do nothing about it and there is no explanation for this whatsoever. Friends, it is only in that moment that we really find out, do we actually trust Jesus? We love our control. We love to have the answer to why so badly because we're so accustomed to that. We're so, we've been so normalized by having at least a little bit of say in what happens to us that when we find ourselves in the spot like Peter and John, like there's no conceivable good out of being beaten because I love Jesus. There's no possible good about me being arrested and my kids going hungry because I, I, I said that Jesus healed this guy. There's no good that could come from it. And there's nothing I can do from it. It's in that moment, friends, it's in that moment that the question is going to be made, do you trust Jesus? Right? I can see, I acknowledge the greatness of God. I acknowledge the severity of my situation. But when we find ourselves in a place where I'm like, I can't see it, I can't control it, there's nothing I can do about it, friends, it's time to trust Jesus. We've got to put our trust in God. We acknowledge the greatness of God. We acknowledge the severity of our situation, not minimizing it, acknowledge it. But at the end of the day, the question is, do you trust in? God. So often, the moment that the control and the answer to the why slips our grip, we're done. And that's the moment God's looking, do they trust me? Do they trust me? They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Why did he decide that? God only knows but they trusted. Number five, put your focus on his mission. I love this verse. This next verse right here, I gotta be careful. I could preach a whole sermon on this, so I'm gonna be careful. Put your focus on his mission. Verse 29, now Lord, this is the first thing they've asked for. Notice this. They've acknowledged the greatness of God. They've acknowledged the severity of their situation. They declared their trust in him. Now this is the first thing they asked for. Verse, or number five, fifth step, Fifth step to praying through the breakthrough. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. You know, in order to really appreciate this prayer, I think we do have to put ourselves in their situation. You're, you're being threatened. Your livelihood is being threatened. You've been on this emotional roller coaster. You did exactly what God had asked you to do. You saw this incredible outcome from it. Now there's these threats coming at you and you're like, I don't really understand what is happening. And, and, and if it were me, if it were me, and all of a sudden these threats started coming, you know the first prayer that I would pray? It would sound something like this. God, keep me safe. But the fact that that, prayer. I mean, there's other places God prays. They pray protection for one another. That, that is a prayer that is prayed. It's not like a bad prayer to prayer, but that's pray to, prayer to pray. But what we see here is that wasn't on the, that wasn't the first thing on their mind, which tells you about what was happening in their hearts. It tells you about their values. It tells you about what, what, what they were all about. They just said, God, the threats are coming. Keep me bold. 
in spite of what might happen to me. Well, that's a different prayer. You know, we, we, we hear about missionaries who put their life on the line. They go to places where, where there is no open door. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not saying what missions organizations should do and shouldn't do. <laughs> but there was no open door here. See, we filter so much of, of, of our Christian idea from a place of safety, if we're not careful. Like an open door means it's safe to go through. Sometimes God just calls us to go through shut doors. Sometimes God calls, and, and we get this idea that like God would never, God would never put me in harm's way. And it seems like a, a safe conclusion, Right? God loves me. He's a father. I don't want to put my children in harm's way. So God wouldn't want to put me in harm's way. Well, maybe, maybe kind of dangerous, right? Like if he wants me to learn how to ride a bike, he'd take the training wheels off and, and maybe I might bruise my knee, but he wouldn't really put me in harm's way. Like I want to hang my kids over the Grand Canyon just for fun, right? God's not going to put me in harm's way. Guys, not only would he put you in harm's way, he's called you to go into harm's way. Like he's commanded us to go right into harm's way. I'm not saying be negligent for Jesus, right? There's people who just like are gonna get up and be obnoxious in front of people who have authority just for the sake of like some kind of self-righteous beatings they're gonna get. That's, that's not noble, nor is it wise. But the, the notion that anything hard that I face can't be from God is not a biblical notion. The threats came. And listen, it wasn't just Peter and John who was praying this prayer. It was the church praying to this prayer. And they say, God, now Lord, consider their threats. Like, I know they've threatened me, us. You know, that. just make sure you see this, God. Like, you know what's on the line, right? Like, you see what's out there, God. Now, in light of the consequences of continuing to be your witness, in light of the consequences to continue to open my mouth for you, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That is what was on their hearts and minds. Why? Because, well, they took Jesus' instruction in chapter one really seriously. You will be my witnesses. And then they heard, oh, you're going to be like imprisoned and threatened and killed if you do that. They're like, Phew. okay, well, that's going to be hard now. Um, let's go. Maybe you're like, what in the world does this have to do with praying through a breakthrough? Praying through a roadblock. Let me tell you what. A lot of the roadblocks that we face in life, the offenses that we pick up towards God, are because we are so inwardly focused in our spiritual lives that we never look up and see the mission of God. All we do is we see, we see what's right in front of us. We feel the hurts, we feel the setbacks, and we feel it all because we can't see that God is about something bigger than my current circumstances. That God has a plan for your life. We, we, I said this last week and I want to come back to it again. Friends, have you received, personally accepted the call of God on your life to be a witness? 
I know you know it. I know you've heard it. We've been talking about it for weeks. I know you know it. I know you've heard it. But personally, have you received that call? Because it is not just for the apostles. It is not just for the early church. It's for every single one of us who put our faith in Jesus. He's got a mission for you. And some of us are tripping over our own feet, are, are, are so stuck in our own self-pity and fear and anxiety. It's because our Christian life is all about me. God is calling us to look up from my life to see the mission of God that is in front of us. He didn't just die for you. Though he did, he died for the world. So he says, come on, go get them. And when we begin to see from God's perspective, it changes anything. Number six, and the last thing is this. They expected big things from God. Expect big things from God. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. If you're taking notes, write these down, these six things. If you want to pray through the roadblock in your life, you got to invite others into the process. You can't do this by yourself. You gotta acknowledge the greatness of God and the severity of your situation. And then sometimes back and forth for a minute. You gotta put your trust in God. At the end of the day, you gotta put your trust in God and put your focus on his mission. And then you gotta expect big things from God. How many of our prayers, how many of our prayers are so small that when God answers them, we don't even think twice. I believe a lot of the times we don't have a whole lot of great testimonies is because we're praying such small prayers that it seems insignificant when God answers it. But when was the last time you prayed a prayer like that? God, I want to see miracles. God, I want you to move in a way that like if, if nothing else happens, this will not take place. God, I want to see you do what nobody else can do. When was the last time you prayed a prayer that if it didn't come true, come true, like it's a wish. Like if God didn't move, like you'd almost feel silly. But you're like, wait, wait a second, isn't this offense? And aren't these roadblocks caused by unmet expectations? No, if you think that, you missed it. They don't come from unmet expectations. Unmet expectations are a part of life. They come from taking hold of an offense that is often connected to an unmet expectation. You see, but Peter and John were like, no, 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 there's no way for that. There's no room for that. I'm gonna invite my friends into this. I'm hurting right now. I'm confused right now. I don't understand it right now. I'm gonna invite my friends into this and we're gonna pray. We're gonna acknowledge the greatness of God. We're gonna acknowledge this is a nasty situation. We are gonna put our trust in him, our focus on his mission. We're gonna ask for big things. There's no room for offense to rise up in my heart. And guess what, friends? The kingdom of God continued to grow. See, we need to be the type of people that there is no room for offense to take root in our hearts, in our relationships with one another, but also in our relationships with God. But are we willing to walk through the process? Because once that unmet expectation comes, the, the common response is, let me just back up from people, let me back up from God. Friends, let's lean in. So what unmet expectations do you have in your relationship with God? And maybe you don't even know what those are right away, but you, can, you, you know there's some areas. You know there's some things that are like, I, I can't identify it yet, but I feel it before I can identify it. Would you, would you, take, would you take these steps? And would you like just systematically walk them out? And there's some of these things, friends, there's some of these things that you're just gonna find, you're gonna find just freedom, just released in your life instantly. Some of them, you might have to work through for a little bit. Some of them you might need a little bit more voice of those close friends to 
pray with you and walk through this with you. But friends, there are freedom because God has places for you to go. Let's not let the offenses, let's not let the unmet expectations, let, let's not let the roadblocks in our Christian journey set us back from where God is calling us to be. He's got a world to save. He's got a community to save. He's got a neighborhood to save. And he wants to use us. So let's get rid of the roadblocks. Let's get rid of the stuff that's in us so we can be free to be used however he wants to use us. Amen? Father God, we praise you. We thank you for your grace and goodness to us today. God, would you just set us free? Would you clear the road? I know it takes some hard work. Give us courage to lean in, courage to dive in, courage to, to spend time and to walk through these things with you in our own personal quiet time this week. For some, God, just to walk through these even now. God, you will be done. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tear down the roadblocks. Lead us to what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.